Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, the Government Employees Retirement System board members vote to restart the system's personal loan program. Communications Director Richard Mota is clarifying misinformation regarding a $5 million grant related to VIGL. During tomorrow's visit of Royal Caribbean's Icon of the Seas, the Virgin Islands Port Authority has intentions to sign agreements to further develop the Crown Bay Terminal. These stories and more on today's WTJX Newsfeed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. The Royal Caribbean's Icon of the Seas, the world's largest cruise ship, has departed on its maiden voyage from the Port of Miami and will make its inaugural visit tomorrow on St. Thomas at the Austin Babe Monsanto Marine Terminal in Crown Bay at 7 a.m. The cruise line can carry up to 7,600 passengers at maximum capacity, along with 2,350 crew members, and is reportedly longer than the Eiffel Tower is tall and equates to roughly the size of five Titanics and towers 20 decks above the water. Port Authority Executive Director Carlton Dow says the icon's arrival is one piece in the relationship being built between the Virgin Islands and Royal Caribbean. Tomorrow is not just that the Icon of the Sea is going to come, which is great for the territory, but the Port Authority will be signing some agreements for the future development of Crown Bay, that uh, part of which we want to include another pair uh, on the upland side. So the fact of the matter is exciting for us. It should be exciting for the territory. There is going to be well over uh, 10,000 people in the Crown Bay area. That's going to make the way out to the, the city, the towns, the, the areas, you know, the... Um, besides the shopping, the restaurant, the taxi drivers. But there's a critical component to this as well, because tropical shipping, as we just met with them, tropical shipping and Crowley, all these people, it's their containers that go on, taking on sometimes in this territory to make sure that the folks on the cruise ships could have the, the necessary food, drinks, and what have you. So it's great when that's happening, because 30% of the uh, the container that comes into our territory goes on to cruise ships throughout the Caribbean. But ICANN coming, it's a wonderful thing, it's a great thing, and we'll continue at the Port Authority to build on our relationship with them. In anticipation of its arrival, residents should expect increased traffic and potential disruptions to public transportation, particularly safari buses. Students and residents who rely on public transportation are encouraged to make necessary arrangements to minimize the inconvenience. Delays, however, are expected due to potential traffic congestion, and the Icon of the Seas is scheduled to depart at 3 p.m. Board members of the Government Employees Retirement System recently voted to restart its personal loan program after a motion made by member Leona Smith. This shall be a limited loan program the authorization for which will expire December 31st, 2024. Number two, $20 million shall be allocated and disbursed during the authorized period. This amount is to be evenly divided between the districts. $10 million, $10 million for St. Croix and $10 million for the St. Thomas St. John district. Number three, the maximum amount allowable for any applicant shall be the lesser of $10,000 
or 75% of the applicant's contribution credit in the system. The maximum amount allowable for any applicant shall be further reduced by any personal loan, principal, balance, outstanding, which shall not be eligible eligible for refinancing. The interest rate shall be 8%. Number four, the repayment period of each loan shall not exceed five years. Number five, only active members who have contributed for at least two years are eligible to participate in this limited loan program. Number six, this limited loan program shall begin no later than April 30th, 2024. After the motion, Executive Director Angel Dawson took roll call of all members present, with member Nella Mbari seemingly hesitant and choosing to vote only after everyone else had voted. All five members in attendance voted in favor to restart the loan program, and before moving to executive session, member Attorney Ronald Russell made a motion related to the loan program. I move that the board supports an initiative to the legislature to include retirees in the loan program by making the requisite amendments to the current law. The motion was seconded by board member Andre Dorsey and then put to a vote, with only attorney Russell and Mr. Dorsey voting in favor, ultimately leading the motion to fail. Board member Vincent Liger was absent from the meeting. Director Dawson says work to begin taking applications for the limited loan program has started. Now that we've received the authorization, those are the items that we are fleshing out and there will be appropriate um, uh, press uh, releases issued at the appropriate time with the details. So as of right now, that's a work in process. We did not want to get ahead of the Board of Trustees uh, and do all of these things before uh, they gave the authorization. So over the next uh, three months, you could say, uh, or less, uh, depending on how quickly we could get everything in place. Those are exactly the things that we'll be working on finalizing, and we'll advise the, uh, the active members at the appropriate time. Government House Communications Director Richard Mota is firing back at what he calls misinformation regarding comments made by Governor Albert Bryan Jr. during his State of the Territory address last week. Most of you have heard Governor Bryan's comments on horse racing during last week's State of the Territory Address and his pronouncement of live horse racing at the Clinton Phipps racetrack in St. Thomas during St. Thomas Carnival. If you did, you also heard the Governor note that he wished he could make a similar pronouncement for live horse racing at the Randall Dock James racetrack in St. Croix before calling on VIGL to make good on their commitment to the government of the Virgin Islands, to horse racing enthusiasts on the island of St. Croix, and the people of the Virgin Islands. The governor noted that while construction appears to have just begun, VIGL has still not made the necessary progress in returning horse racing to the island of St. Croix. This, after the administration, has made every concession, including making available a $5 million grant toward the completion of the racetrack. Now, some in our community have since gone about spreading misinformation and misclassifying the governor's comments, saying that the administration is intentionally holding up horse racing on St. Croix by holding back the $5 million grant from VIGL. This is false. Governor Bryan agreed to make the funding available to VIGL once substantial progress was made toward the construction effort. VIGL agreed, and we can all agree that it is prudent to have such a stipulation on the use of taxpayer dollars in this regard, 
especially when to this point that progress has not, the progress has been less than satisfactory. So just to be clear, there is no truth to the notion that Governor Bryan is withholding grant funding from VIGL to slow the progress of horse racing on St. Croix. We reached out to Jason Williams, VIGL's racing general manager, who stated that he did not have any comments at this time in regards to the governor's statements during the State of the Territory address. He also stated he has no knowledge of any efforts to withhold the $5 million grant. He continued that work to the Randall Doc James racetrack began a few weeks ago, and earth change work is currently being done. Mr. Williams stated he would be willing to provide more of an update on the record towards the end of February, but did not provide an exact date of when. The Virgin Islands Casino Control Commission is hosting a special meeting on February 21st to address the license renewal application of VIGL operations. The meeting will address VIGL operating the Caravel Hotel and Casino on St. Croix, as well as the license application to operate a racino at the Randall Doc James racetrack. Marvin Pickering, chairman and CEO of the commission, says they've invited VIGL and other stakeholders to testify at the hearing. We've invited uh, the uh, Division of Gaming Enforcement, you know, which conducts the uh, the investigations. Division of Gaming Enforcement is under the uh, Department of uh, Justice, but they are uh, they are the investigative investigatory arm of the uh, commission. We've invited the, um, the St. Croix Horse Racing Commission, and we've also invited the uh, Flamboyant Park Horsemen Association to, to testify. And we, in our notice, we indicate that uh, if the public uh, has a, anyone in the public has a, an interest in testifying, you know, they're also invited to do so, uh, provided that they um, uh, follow the guidelines, uh, which is to submit the, uh, their written testimony by February 14, 2024, in order for them to testify. The meeting will be held at the legislature's Fritz Lowetz conference room from 6 to 9 p.m., and each testifier will have 10 minutes to speak. Only those who have submitted written testimony by the February 14th deadline will be allowed to testify. Testimony can be mailed to the commission's address that can be found on their website at casinocontrolcommission.vi or by emailing it to Executive Assistant Romisha Smith at rsmith at casinocontrolcommission.vi. The Virgin Islands Department of Education is being able to provide free tablets and internet services to qualifying students in the territory. That's thanks in part to the U.S. Affordable Connectivity Program, a $15 billion federal initiative, and a partnership with Heritage Wireless and Senator Donna Fred Gregory. Students in grades K through 12 who are enrolled in public or private schools and are a part of the free and reduced breakfast and lunch programs in the territory can apply by Friday, February 2nd. The application form can be accessed on the department's website at vide.vi or by contacting Dr. Maria Melendez Torado at 340-642-6934. Lieutenant Governor Trigenza Roach was joined by local health officials to announce a joint partnership with the University of Miami's Miller School of Medicine. Which will work alongside the administration to rebuild and empower the territory's healthcare workforce. This focuses on the critical area of cardiovascular research. And we know that uh, heart disease, cardiovascular incidents are a primary uh, cause of death in the territory, 
and is of particular importance uh, to women in our community. Dr. Sanjia Kenya, who developed the program at the Miller School of Medicine, says the program will help to build more cardiovascular health specialists who could provide on-island care. Over the next five years, the cardiovascular research empowerment workforce will inspire 50 Virgin Islanders to pursue careers in cardiovascular medicine and come back to serve their homeland. These trainees will spend two weeks at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine learning about our cutting edge cardiovascular research. And then they will come back and spend the rest of their summer here in the Department of Health at the U.S. Virgin Islands, where they will be conducting cardiovascular research, where they will be collecting the data that we need so that we can secure more funding to take care of the people who live here. Department of Health Commissioner Justa Encarnacion says the partnership could not have come at a better time. Cardiovascular disease remains the number one cause of death, and we must find a way to address it. The University of the Virgin Islands, the USVI, and the University of Miami partnership is a significant step towards equity and access to care here at home. And it is about beginning to rebuild a responsive and resilient healthcare workforce. The Virgin Islands Police Department has partnered with Everbridge, a reported leader in risk event intelligence and mass notification alerting to provide Virgin Islanders with important safety notifications. The department announced the collaboration, stating the effort is aimed at empowering citizens with the choice to receive timely and crucial safety notifications in real time. Citizens can choose to opt in to notifications and be alerted for events such as missing persons, school lockdowns, beyond the lookouts, community threats, and wanted suspects. The link to sign up can be found on the department's Facebook page. Governor Albert Bryan Jr. has appointed former gubernatorial candidate Molito Smith Jr. as the new executive director of the Virgin Islands Law Enforcement Planning Commission. In the announcement, Government House Communications Director Richard Mota credited Mr. Smith's background for the appointment. With over three decades of experience in various sectors, including government operations, health care, and emergency management, Mr. Smith is ex ex exceptionally equipped for this pivotal role. Mr. Smith has held several positions, including the interim and acting commissioner and deputy commissioner of the Virgin Islands Department of Human Services. He has also led the St. Thomas East End Medical Center Corporation and the British Virgin Islands Health Services Authority. Republican Representative Wesley Hunt of Texas, who is serving his first term in Congress, recently traveled to the territory over the weekend to stump for former President Donald Trump ahead of the Republican Party of the Virgin Islands' February 8th caucus. He spoke on what he hoped to accomplish being in the territory. Just to spread the word and um, also to, to show my loyalty to President Trump. He's been very loyal to me. So anything I could do to help him out at this point is, is, is why I'm here. And I don't mind the ticket time out of my out of my schedule to, to do our best to to earn all nine delegates here in the Virgin Islands. Hunt, who serves on the House Committee on Small Business, of which he chairs the Subcommittee on Natural Resources, which has jurisdiction over the Virgin Islands, spoke on the effects the committee has on the territory. The way I view the territories is is, is 
as a, as a piece of America as a whole. And so I don't necessarily view the territories as separate. I view this as what is good for America will ultimately be good for our territories. And so any kind of policy or any kind of legislation that's good for energy, I've, 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 I actually understand that y'all have, have had a, a refinery shut down here. That's, <laughs> that's nothing that I'm advocating for being on natural resources. We actually need more refineries on, on the mainland as well. So I, will, I don't want to shut yours down either. Um, anything that involves natural resources, and especially anything that's offshore, offshore drilling, offshore energy, those are all policies that I think if, if we put the mainland's policies first, then you will also be the beneficiary of those better policies that I think are being advocated strongly by the conservative side. During the events, Gordon Ackley, the Virgin Islands GOP chair, stated that he was hopeful to get two Republicans on the senatorial ballot in each district come November. Hunt spoke on what he calls the benefits of having Republicans in office. Being on the ground here, I've seen there's a lot of issues with it, with infrastructure. Uh, there's, a, there's a few cultural issues that I think are all battling as well. And look, if you want to see this change, then you probably may want to think about adding a few more conservatives to the, to the delegation to, to help spread this out and, and, and even out the, the cultural wars that y'all are fighting right now. And look, we've lived under Democrat policies. Y'all have lived under Democrat policies. And the question is, are you better off now than you were a few years ago? Or do conservatives offer a better alternative? And I think at this point, it's time for y'all to give, give, give us a shot. The Economic Development Authority offices in St. Croix and St. Thomas will close at 3 p.m. tomorrow, Wednesday, January 31st, and resume normal business hours on Thursday, February 1st at 8 a.m. The Virgin Islands Office of Highway Safety Occupant Protection Program is charged with increasing seatbelt use and compliance to laws in the territory. Denise Gomes, the program's planner and coordinator, says that while they are charged with ensuring all Virgin Islanders' safety, they take a special interest in the territory's most vulnerable passengers. Although everybody's life is important, we are particularly concerned with the children on our roadways who are in the care of motorists who may not be aware or as safe as we would like them to be. So we went into the schools to get an idea of how many of our students were actually leaving their campuses in an unsafe manner without the appropriate booster seat for this particular population. And we found that about 73% of these um, children were actually leaving unsafe, where they were using a seatbelt before they were ready to, sitting in the front seat, and other um, unsafe methods of transportation. Ms. Gomes says because of the lack of booster and car seats available in stores, the booster seat drive was first launched in December of 2022, and various community partners have already answered the call. The last donors that we had was the Fedexed, Twin City Fedexed Lions Club, who donated 30 seats towards our initiative, and we're happy to report that Across the territory, we were able to collect 395 seats that we were able to distribute to um, families in need for this population, which is age four to age seven. The Fredericksted Twin City Lion Club president, Beverly E. Smith, says they were only answering the call to serve. When we got the message that the Office of Highway Safety was looking for for, the, for people in the village to support the booster drive, we felt that we could do no less that to support this important activity. And as Lions, 
we served the village. So we went all out to secure and ensure the safety of our youngsters in, in St. Croix particularly. Ms. Gomes says there is no end in sight for the Booster Drive program. As long as we have children in need of seats, we have our doors open and ready and willing to accept um, booster seats from the community. Of course, we cannot accept used booster seats because there is a liability there, but we are definitely encouraging the community to respond to this, what we call a health crisis, where we have our children, I'm sure you have seen them bouncing around in vehicles in very unsafe ways. And, you know, they put their, at that age, they put their lives, their health, their safety in our hands, and we have to do right by them. And one of the things is keeping them safe on our roadways. For those interested in getting involved with the Booster Drive program, call 340-772-3025 or 340-473-7383. A reminder that the Coastal Zone Management meeting to discuss the demolition and new construction of the St. Croix Central High School will be held tomorrow on Wednesday, January 31st at 5.30 p.m. The meeting will be held via Microsoft Team and credentials can be found on the Facebook page of DPNR or the Department of Education. In more updates on the WTJX news feed, we're turning now to our regional report. The newest governor of the British Virgin Islands has been sworn in. Danielle Proust, who only arrived in the British Virgin Islands on the 26th of January with his wife, Rachel Morgan, was sworn in to be governor of the British Virgin Islands. Proust is reported to have more than 30 years of experience in public service, with his most recent overseas post serving as the British ambassador to the Philippines from 2017 to 2021. He also worked at NATO headquarters in Brussels during the Kosovo crisis in 1999 and was a member of the NATO communications team in Macedonia. In his inaugural address, Governor Proust said he would work closely with colleagues in the government to fulfill the commitments made in response to the findings of the 2022 Commission of Inquiry. I look forward to building close relations with all communities in the territory and drawing from their insights as I set about my work. I will aim to be a governor who is accessible to everyone, including all branches of civil society, public servants, and the private sector. And of course, I will engage with the government of the United Kingdom, representing the interests of these islands to the very best of my ability. Here's the latest look at the short-term forecast for the Virgin Islands. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We'll find mainly sunny skies area-wide this afternoon. Temperatures will hold in the middle 80s at St. Croix. Winds from the southwest at 5 miles per hour or less as we go towards sunset. At St. Thomas and St. John, very similar highs in the middle 80s. Winds from the southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, there's the chance for a few scattered showers early. Otherwise, it's mostly clear. Lows fall back to near 70 at St. Croix. Winds from the northeast at 5 miles per hour or less. At St. Thomas and St. John, similar story. Lows back in the low 70s. Winds will pivot to the north and the northwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour, then to the northeast after midnight. And Wednesday features increasing clouds and scattered showers in the afternoon, especially at St. Thomas and St. John. It'll be brighter at St. Croix overall. Highs reach the middle 80s there. Winds from the southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. And at St. Thomas and St. John, highs in the middle 70s, with winds from the southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The rip current risk remains low for area beaches. That's the latest look at the short-term forecast. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We are at the end of today's WTJX news feed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. 
Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. And if you haven't already, be sure to download the WTJX app. If you missed a part of our news, you can listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts.